Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We are back here on the Tip of the Tower podcast, and we, we took a little bit of a break last week. Last week was a bit of a... We, we went with the load management. We went the load management route last so, week. So, let me get this straight. First, you drop surprise hollow notes on me. Yes. Then you use the forbidden phrase. Yes. All in a 30-second span. I'm full. I'm I'm re I'm rejuvenated. I, Austin, the you, gall of you, Morissuti. First and foremost, we we have video today, and I am very very shocked that none of you have commented on the look of my face. Is it supposed to look different? It looks. Do you not notice? The oh, line? you're shaved. Look at you. Oh, there you go. I oh, went with yeah. the full out bar- Italian barber shave. I went to my oh, barber. Oh, did you get it with the straight razor and everything? Oh yeah, the only way to get it done, boys. I gotta. I should come out to your Italian barber before I go out west. Yeah, I mean, you don't really have much facial hair though, so it'd be no. There's else. nothing to shave off. I just <laughs> want them to cut my hair. All right. Well, I'll set you up with Joe or Frank, and they'll Ooh. they'll get you going. All right. Um. Yeah. We we um we. I was thinking about doing one Sunday. I had like the biggest headache, and part of that had to do with the Leafs. Um. You know. It's it's interesting how a couple of days can also provide some new perspectives. Unfortunately, the same old crap is being spewed out over the airwaves in Toronto, which has uh, made me really fired up to want to do another podcast tonight. Uh, the big topic of conversation, let's pick it up. <laughs> where do we begin? Yes, where do we begin? <laughs> Um, what fire do you put out first or attempt to? I don't know. We're not going to put out any fires because. No, not us singularly, but what fire are we going to tackle is better. I'm going phrasing to that. pick one. Yeah, exactly. It's a forest fire right now. They're all equally unexciting so, to talk about because they're so stupid. Um. Okay, so which. I'm trying to think which one do we want to go with first. 
Do we want to go with Nylander? Do we want to go with what they said about Matthews today? Hmm. I, I don't know if I've heard that, so well, maybe. The thing you brought yeah, up, you the, did. The Festa oh. thing you brought up. At oh, I brought... Oh, yeah, it's been a minute since so, you said that. So where do we want to go with first? Okay, let's go over the last few... Uh, the last time we talked, the Leafs were in a little bit of a of a down roll. Not a spiral. They were just going through some stuff. They were going through the motions. Uh, their play... That's, was... that's more accurate. Yeah. The, the thing is, for how the Leafs have been talked about the last few weeks, it, it's almost like the Leafs are You would have thought the their Wings. own 15. They're like the Red Wings. God worse. awful. Like, even worse. And I know people, yeah. and look, Detroit is a, you know, they're, it's not like a nothing town. There's, that's a team with the rich history of success. Uh, they're pretty much going through what the Leafs are going through, went through the last few years. Um, yeah. They've just been more upfront about it than when the Leafs were not good. So, yeah, that was the first thing that kind of annoyed me. It's that anytime you turn on the radio, the AM, AM dial here in Toronto, and you hear about the Leafs being talked about, it's, I say, 90 95% negative. Now, some of it has been warranted. Some of it had also been a little bit... It's almost like you, you're going to the recycling bin trying to look for the same old stuff and not wanting to just dump it out and put new stuff in the recycling bin. You're just it's recycling certain people trying to stick to their narratives instead of just looking at the team for what it is. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect way to describe it. And, I don't know. You, I don't want to start on Nylander because I could go on detail on those people that... We leave that for later is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but we're going to get to Nylander in a second. The first one... A perfect example of somebody bashing a narrative home until it's dead. Well, this is this is what kind of started all of it was uh, Alex Ovechkin's comments uh, not too long ago saying that the Leafs, if they want to win, are going to have to play differently. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had no problem with what he said. Yeah, I didn't either. Zero percent. He's been giving you an honest opinion, which is what you want to hear. But it's also one that's like it's coming from a position of this guy knows what happens when your team does not play together like it has you know over the last few years. So I um I wanna say that that was taken. Well, the problem there was that it was taken, and it was it, it ran everywhere, and it got massive traction. It got a lot of comments. Then the you know, the players are asked about it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's as morning skate, and Ovi knows this. Obviously, he's been around long enough to know that everything is news in Toronto, regardless of how small it is or anything like that. So if he says something like that, it's going to get back to the Leafs like pretty much immediately. You would think the Caps are generally, the away team would take morning skate first. Then they'll probably get asked about it, the Leafs, after they're done morning skate. And it's just this whole thing that lingers for the entire day. That's how the news just goes in Toronto. And Ovi's not wrong. It's, he's absolutely right to say what he said. And it's what Austin Matthews said. It's what... I believe Mike Babcock said on the radio today, and I'm sure we'll get to him soon, is just always been through it. 
he knows what it's like to not be able to get past a certain team and then finally get there and what it takes to do it. And he's won a cup. So believe what you will about him and whatever stereotype because of his nationality. I'm sure this certain part of this fan base loves to hammer that home. Um, he has a cup and he can say what he damn wants because he's been there and he knows how to get there now. Well, not only that, he goes and says what he says. Like, he gives his opinion. And he goes out and he has a, a decent game against the Leafs where he scores in the game tying and the game winning goal. Only a decent game for Ovi. Just two goals and two assists. I, that's that's, a just, that's a, just a, a day in the office for Ovechkin against the Leafs. Like, John Carlson. Yeah, he, that's not a big deal. He, he, al- he always kills them. Always. Yes. Especially in Toronto. Him, he murders us in Toronto. I mean, he, yeah. he kills everybody, but yeah. he especially kills the Leafs. <laughs> he loves Toronto. Yeah, him and Pasternak have had a knack of doing that the last... I mean, Ovechkin's been doing it since he's been in the league, but yeah. Pasternak is, is kind of... He, he's catching up with him on that one as well. Um, mm. Yeah, so the Ovechkin... And then it got... The funny thing is, is like certain certain media people know, you know, the thing is like, especially the TV guys, they know they have a specific question they need to ask, specific soundbite they want to get. So then they go to Drew Doughty, who, who's been in, who's had some uh, interesting uh, things. He's said about had a lately. year. I mean, he, he's just, he can't keep his hand, uh, he can't keep his mouth shut. Yeah, which is which is good in a way because we want we want guys that talk and say something. Oh yeah, for sure. But it caught. So he said the that the I don't. Did you guys hear what what he said about the Canucks? Yeah, where you can't lose to a team like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is true. Th- you then be. then he backtracked on those comments. Well, I think the people made it construed it as oh he's saying this team is not capable of beating a team like the LA Kings 8-2. You know, like... I he... mean, let's be honest, that's exactly what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> and look, the, the L... there's not many teams that will win a game 8-1, 8-2, whatever the score was. Like, that's it's not a common score in the NHL. So, no. I get where he was coming about with that. Um, I think the Canucks... I think this is the problem, though. The Canucks are trying to turn themselves into the Carolina Hurricanes of the West. It's, I mean, it's working there. They look very good. They look pretty good, but the thing is, you can't really deal when you have a guy like Elias Pettersson on the team. Like you have a guy who's a a star in this league. The Carolina Hurricanes didn't really have a star player. You don't really have those Aho. guys that. Yeah, you don't have guys like Aho that sort of came not out of nowhere. He was a top I mean, second round pick. Yeah, second rounder. So he wasn't out of nowhere, but he certainly was a guy that. A lot of people weren't expecting to be yeah, exactly a number one center. So, I I I get where this whole idea that it's you know you want the sound bites, you want the discuss the, the topics of discussion, but the problem is this game is getting old. And I, I liked what the Leafs did that night against Cavs, where they they had some pushback. That was probably their best effort in terms of pushback, and you know. What whatever the Capitals gave them, they you know they pushed back. They had more pushback in that game. The Philadelphia Flyers game, that one was uh, an interesting one. They looked really good in the first period. Then the second or third, I I just don't know what to make of that. That just that game looked like they were 
they were just looking to get out of there with a point, and they got two, thankfully. Talk about a game they had no business winning. No, I mean, yeah. just the penalties. Like, they were clearly winning that game. Then they just take dumb penalties. It's Yeah, they, yeah it's bad. The, the they, penalties are bad. I, I said it in our chat. I mean, it's at a certain point, you're either going to listen to your coach and pull your head out of your ass and kill some penalties or not take the penalties in the first place, yeah. or you're just going to keep doing the same BS that they've been doing. And it's very clear what route they've been taking so far. I just also just, hated. I've just hated their personnel on penalty kills. Yeah. yeah, it's always been bad. They've just gotten away with it. I mean, Zach Hyman's taken faceoffs for them for the last. Which and that, that should never team. happen. Yeah, Frederick we don't have a natural center that plays on the power penalty. Kill. I, Which yeah, I don't, I don't know. Frederick Gauthier should be that guy. Let's be honest here. Like eh. that's what they drafted him for. That's what they've been developing him for. I, I don't even know what his faceoff percentage is. Um, I'm assuming it's pretty good, but yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like they have wingers taking faceoffs. I feel like any guy, any defenseman that wears blue and white just is allergic to taking four milliseconds to look up when they have a puck on their stick to clear it. Never seen a team that just clears a puck right into right up the middle, right to someone. So look for a half a second. Go, oh, he's not there, and then just slap it wherever he isn't. Yeah. So just FYI, Goat is having his best season so far in the in the faceoff data at fifty four percent. That's pretty good. That's pretty okay. good for a guy that. Um, if I look at the fancy stats, because that's the best in the league's probably like fifty nine. So and he's starting seventy seven per like. 77% of his time in the defensive zone. So that's... Oh, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. So you, that's, you know, the, the, the issues, and we've and I've, I think we've said this from the start of the year, that the issues have not been their bottom six, has been their top six. Yeah. Um, it's just inconsistency. It's when it's Matthews just and Lander look good, Marner and Tavares do not, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, the whole top six hasn't been on in sync for many, if any, games this season. It's funny because somebody brought up, I, I think it was Mike Stevens that brought up, oh, it's funny how a team that um, looks so discombobulated without a two, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm not using the exact quote, but like without your $2 million winger in the lineup. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I could ever think about him the same again. Yeah. Because I, I can't believe how big a difference he's made. Especially with that line, it's just ridiculous. Oh, they're so they're out of whack completely. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Honestly, it's there's no real other way to put it. They're just Hyman doesn't score a lot of points, and we know what he is, but he drives that line. Yeah, definitely. So, I, I get all that, and I think what Mike Babcock is trying to do is he's trying to get this team to play with a little more structure. But the problem is, is when you're taking all the penalties that they're taking, when your top guys are blowing defensive assignments, it's tough. So I look at that game against the LA Kings. That was probably one of the more boring games of the season to watch. 
but Babcock apparently loved the way they play because of course they, he did. They limited the thing is is they limited what the Kings did offensively minus the power play stuff. Which in in, in retrospect that five on five the Kings were not that good. No. They're not that good anyway. No, they're just not good in general. They have the worst penalty kill in the league, and their power play did not look good either. No. They got one BS bounce that ended up in the net on Ayafalo's <laughs> goal, and other than that, they could barely even set up a power play. Yeah, and... I, and this I, is with good players. Sorry to cut you off, yeah. but, like, they're old, but they're not, like, washed-up players. Jeff Carter and Anze mm. Kopitar are still... I mean, they're not, like... The problem is they have... Three, I think Jake was saying, like they have maybe three, four, five good players, and then the rest of the roster is just like oh, pretty, yeah. pretty washed. Yeah. They're over the hill. This team, and washed. They're going to be in the lottery for a good chunk of the next decade. But like Kopitar can still go. Carter's so a little overpaid now, but he's not a terrible guy to have. No, I I would want a guy like Kopitar on the team. Doughty's contract, it is what it is. He got paid for what he did. and I think that Doughty contract would look a lot better if they actually had someone around him. Well, the thing is they had to get rid of guys to make that contract work as well. And they're they're kind of in the the position of we got to replenish and get younger but we haven't had the draft capital because we traded it all away. To stay I also rolling. don't really have a good top defensive prospect, which is bothering me a little. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what their top defensive prospect would be. I'd say Kale Clegg, maybe. Okay. He's a second rounder. So, not very good. And Not good. I mean, Jersey's up there, but he's a second rounder. It's like, you need that top guy, and if I mean, in hindsight, if Bowen Byram would have fell to them, they would have been laughing at number five, but it didn't happen. Who'd they get, Turcotte? They got, oh, Jesus, I think so. I didn't pay attention to that draft. I did all the lead up to it and then didn't actually watch the draft. So. <laughs> um, but point of the matter is they're not as good as they should be, and the Leafs should not have made that look as difficult as it was through two periods, especially with Jonathan Quick and Ned, who's... Basically, been giving up five goal games for fun this season. The thing is, okay, so yes, Jake, it was Alex Turcotte. You are correct. See, that's uh, a good pick. Yeah, he's like a good player. But partly, he's at that stacked Wisconsin team. Yeah, oh, yeah. team is freaking loaded. Cole Caulfield, um, the first round, Keandre Miller. Miller from the Rangers. Yeah, Andy Greenway pretty... would have been there, but he transferred to Maine, I think. Oof! What a brutal decision. I think he's got like like three points in four games. He's actually buzzing over there right now. But Maine is terrible, is my point. I mean, yeah, they're not great. <laughs> I, I had no reply to that. Just, no, they're a team. So this is this is where <laughs> they're a team. They're that, a team. Thanks, Pierre. No <laughs> I was like, which Pierre? There's so many Pierres, and I remember Pierre Dorian. Um, no, we're not we're not talking about the girth of somebody's stick, so it's not Pierre Maguire. We're a team. Did you hear that quote? Uh no. Somebody pulled up an old clip from like a trade center where he talked about the girth oh, of Jeff yes, O'Neill. Yes, yes, that was hilarious. O'Neill, yeah. And then the thing with Aaron Ward, like Pierre Maguire is just <sighs> anyway. He's a guy. Next. <laughs> yes. 
so the the end of that game, I, I started thinking to myself, okay, what exactly is making the Leafs not look as good as when they started last year? Because I think last year they started like ten and five, or something it along those lines. Last year, um, you know, they were one of the top three teams in the standings. I'm trying to think, okay, what what wasn't going their way? Okay, so we know the power play hasn't been good. So how how much of a change has that been? So this is where the stats come in. I said I had some stats for this. So, Back guy, Dave. Yeah. Uh, I'm writing, I, I wrote an article. It's going to come out tomorrow. It's already scheduled. I love having one that's scheduled and ready to go the next day. Um, so right now the Leafs power play ranks 20th in the league at 17.3%. That's horrible. That is atrocious. So last year, anybody want to take a guess where the Leafs power play ranked at this time last year? I mean, they, they were oh, first. They were first or second. <laughs> they were at like 30%. So you are they correct, were. Jake. They were at 30.8%, uh, but that was fourth in the NHL. Wow. Yeah, I I just vividly remember the, the game. I think it was against San Jose when um, – Tavares and Matthews had they were they were literally just playing keep away, and then they scored probably one of the prettiest goals of the whole year, and San Jose just looked at each other like we fucking suck. <laughs> oh yeah, talk about another team. They're so gonna that, make Ottawa they, look real good. They put Aaron Dell in the net, and I'm like, oh my goodness, why? That was the game that Matthews came back, wasn't it? Uh, I I, so. I didn't think he met. I don't I don't think he came back from anything. I thought he was playing the whole time. Well, he got injured with the Truba hit in like November. I'm trying to remember. There was um he came. It was the game that Matthews came back in San Jose where he absolutely like it was it was you were laughing. So yeah. Another thing, and so just to kind of go over this whole power play thing. So since December first last year, this is how the Leafs. The Leafs power play was 18.9% since December 1st to the end of the season last year. So that was that's a major drop-off from what you started off in the year. Okay, you know, maybe you're, you're not going to – it's really hard, I guess, to finish at 30%. But to go all the way down to 189 that's that's pretty brutal. So, okay, they're, they're – clearly struggling at the start of the year. They got a new assistant coach. Um, there was actually some talk about that after practice uh, today, just about Paul McFar- uh, McFarland. Is that how you say his name? Appreciate yep. Paul McFarland. Um, so, I looked at some stats. Okay, and I think to myself, so what makes some teams in the NHL so good with the power play? You look at you know, Washington, Boston, uh, who Florida, after you know, last year they were pretty good. Uh, you could probably put Colorado in there. What makes those teams really good? Now, you think about what are the weapons that they have and how do they use them? We know the that, threat of a one timer. So, yes, that was the first one the threat of a one timer. So, I looked this up. Um, we know that Austin Matthews, since he came into the league, uh, since he made his NHL debut, he is second in the NHL in even strength goals with 95. Do you guys want to guess where he ranks in power play goals? Oh, probably like 70th or something. Or Okay, no, no, no. Maybe like 38th or something. So he's 30th. Hmm. He has 28. 
Yeah, that's really bad. So I'm trying to think, okay, we know in his first year he didn't start on the first power play unit. Actually, I don't think he was ever on the first power play unit. You know that first unit was Bozak, Van Riemsdyk, and Marner in their yeah, first year. Yeah, he wasn't. And Kadri, I think, was there too. Yeah. So he I, was with Nylander, and they used to just throw that cross-crease play, and it worked every time. So I looked at, okay, so how much has Matthews really played in comparison to other guys? So since he came, so in 228 career games, Matthews has played 562 total minutes on the power play. Do you guys want to take a guess? I'm, I'm, this is going to be a lot of guessing here. How much Ovechkin has played on the power play? In that time, D- double. I that. mean, he doesn't come off the ice, so yeah, <laughs> double, double it. Yeah, a thousand and eighty-three minutes. Yeah, which almost, okay. almost literally yeah. double. So we're... um, it's just one thing with the power play, real quick, is like we can all agree as soon as that second unit comes out, we basically yeah just wave the white flag. That's part of my part of my. We're just giving the those lines rest to get back. Yeah. So if they don't score with the first unit on. The second unit most likely isn't getting the job done because there's not a guy who's willing to take a shot. Um, I, I just wanted to touch the last thing on this Matthews playing time over the power play. Nathan McKinnon, Phil Kessel, Patrick Kane, Claude Giroux have all played over 900 minutes. So when you're comparing star players, I didn't check where Leon Dreisel and McDavid was. That's That was my mistake. I meant to do that. Well, I mean, wherever Leon, or wherever McDavid is, just assume Dreisel is the exact same because they yeah. staple him to McDavid's hip and then call him the best player in the league. So, I'm thinking, okay, so Matthews has not gone the power play time, and that's why he's not producing to the same level as other star players have. So I'm trying to think, okay, uh, since last year, because that's when Matthews had finally cemented himself on the top power play unit, um, he scored 15 goals with the man advantage. That's 11th in the league. So he's he's rising. He's going up. He has 76 shots with the man advantage. That is 20th in the league. And what I'm trying wow. it's it's crazy that he has that many goals and he doesn't take that many shots. And you look at guys who take triple digits in shots. So I'm looking at, like, I'm going to put make a comparison to a guy who played in Florida with McFarlane, uh, Mike Hoffman. Mike, Big fan of shooting. Mike Hoffman took 102 shots on the power play in the same time as Matthews, and he has 20 goals. Yeah, he shoots a lot. So part of my thing is, and I'm looking at this game last night, you mentioned the Jonathan Quick angle. He had that absolutely unreal save on Matthews where he stretched the cross. And pretty much if Matthew got that puck in the air, it would have been a goal. But he just yeah. went with try to go with the quick shot because the goalie was going right to left. It is th- times like that where you're just like, okay, Matthews we know has the shot. Why is he not shooting more? I don't get this idea of passing off all the time on the power play. You look at what Washington did against the Leafs last week. Ovechkin had 10 shots on goal in that game. He had 10. Yeah, I, I thought he had 10 in overtime. It, that's what it felt like. How I mean, many shot attempts? He had to have easily 25. I mean, I'd have to go to Natural Statric to check that. But um, remember 
two weeks ago when she, or three weeks ago now probably when Shea Weber when the Leafs played the Canadians in that overtime and they had the penalty. Shea Weber took how many shots? We knew it was coming. But that oh, is yeah. the thing. It's that threat of knowing it's coming that makes it dangerous. The Leafs... And the Leafs' that, power play is one of the most predictable in the league. And that's yeah, the problem. It's pretty, From, especially with no nobody net front, like especially without Tavares, it's like, oh, so he's doing um, nothing. Yeah. Even even with Tavares, what is the point of John Tavares being out on that power play? He never touches the goddamn puck when well, they enter the zone. They don't even use the bumper. They don't use the guy in front of the net. It's Marner, Matthews, Riley. They swing it around the top until somebody either misses the net or the puck clears. So this is on the like it's Sorry, Dave. It's just yeah. I from here. Let me let me walk you through a leaf power play if we could. Sure. Puck's in the back of the net. Freddie drops it. Either Mo or let's say Mo picks it up, goes to the neutral zone, drops for Marner, pass over to Matthews, or over to the guy on the sideboards, carries it in or rings it around. It's the same break in every time. They don't use the bumper. They don't use the front of the net. It's the same three guys that do the same BS that didn't work when they were getting, um, I don't know what even the word is for that, torn apart for the same thing last year. And nothing's changed, even with this new playoff or this new power play guru. And it's, I don't think it's on McFarland. I think it's on the guys that just are being stubborn and not changing anything because the Leafs power play doesn't look any different. So. And yeah, that's that's my big thing. Is the least power play has not looked different. Yes, we want we they move Matthews and Marner, they switch sides. But the whole point of them switching sides was that they would shoot the puck more because you can get the one timer off if you're playing your offside. And I agree with you that the Tavares in front of the net, although if he scored, that would have been an example of oh look, good things happen when you're in front of the net. I feel like Okay, when Hyman comes back, he's probably going to be in front of the net on the in that first power play unit when he comes back, because he'll get in front of the goal, goalie. He'll he'll um, he'll screen the goalie. They got to move Tavares somewhere else. I they feel. should move him on the second unit because honestly, it's not Tavares' fault. It's just if you're not going to utilize him, the guys out there, then why waste his talent when you could put him with. Him and Nylander on a second unit would work out pretty well, the way those two sling it around. Jake, would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I mean, you point, just have I to load up You have to load up your first power play and let them yeah. play a majority of the time. Because it's, it's, just, it's just dumb. Like it, I, think, I think they're doing it solely because of guys like Barry and Nylander because they feel like they're kind of the odd men out. Um, but, like... If it doesn't work, there's no but, use to it. Like that second unit, if you had Tavares, Nylander, Barry, and Kapanen, like that's not a bad second unit. There's no shooters. No, but there's no. Like the that's the probably one of the Leafs' biggest issues is they haven't had like a big shot from like on a power play probably since Brian McCabe. Oh, yeah. Riley's not going to bomb one. It's nope. like. Cody Franzen's probably the closest with that half clapper he used to throw. That's no, the but but it's not seen. it's not like a one time threat. It's not like a no like a you have to cut off half the ice because that's like that's Beyond such Benoff a deterrent. Had a slap shot. He just yeah, it would never hit the never hit the arm. Yeah, 
and breaking the glass. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just so fed up with hearing about the Leafs power play. Like it worked when Kadri was here and it stacked, but there's two players on that power play unit that are completely not utilized. So I don't get it. Like, I mean, Janssen's fine there because he's not a guy that's going to rip one from any spot on the ice. He's just there to get, I guess, to fill Hyman's spot at this point. Yeah, but he, that's what he's doing. I, I, I'm like, I'm wondering myself, wouldn't a guy like McKay have worked better, a bigger body? That the can... answer to that in every situation is yes. Ilya McKay would work better in every situation. <laughs> yeah. He... he is my absolute favorite. Um, okay. So we, I think we've hashed out our issues with the power play. We will see if that, maybe the fact that they have some more practice time could potentially help them. Um, they will test that out against the Vegas Golden Knights, who remind us of the team that a lot of people are going to be like, see, look, there's a tough team right there, guys. Yeah, by the way, everybody keeps, like, jerking them off like they are 13-0. and They, I think they have a worse record than the Leafs. Yeah, it's not been all great there either. Okay, they're slightly better. And I mean, like the Leafs, the Leafs situation for one thing. The Leafs are, for how bad the Leafs have been, they're one point behind the Buffalo Sabres, who are the hottest team in hockey, apparently. Yeah, and like, well, I mean, minus the Boston Bruins, the Bruins have. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously the three points back of the Islanders, who've won ten straight. (laughs) Obviously exaggerating there, but like, Buffalo was like, oh my god, they're going to do it this year, is. Got the good good month of November banner hanging in the whatever the hell arena. They change the name of it every year. HSBC, <laughs> really Bank, Scotia Bank. I don't even know. Um, they're only one point behind them after it looked like the sky was falling with the Leafs. So I mean, it's not all doom and gloom. It's just not what we were expecting. I think that's the big thing is we we weren't expecting to start like this. You know what? I think Babcock likes that they're not starting off hot because then... Oh, he loves it. <laughs> it, would, it makes it easier for a coach to to get the message across that what you're doing isn't working. And that... Like, look at the way... Ta- look at Tampa right now. They're in a worse worse shape than the Leafs are. Like, the Leafs... Uh, are, like, for as bad as the Leafs have been, or let's say haven't played to their potential, Tampa Bay, that is that is going to be a very interesting situation. I think I think that's like a, a pretty good lesson for the Leafs because you look at what Tampa's basically done is they're fighting. It looks like they're trying to completely change their identity. Yeah. Even though their identity like got them what 126 points or something like almost the record. Yeah, like it's stupid. What? Yeah, what Tampa? What the thing is, Tampa's trying to prove that. They're not mentally shook from last year, and they've been proving the exact opposite. Like, Andre Vasilevsky hasn't looked good. Uh, I think Hedman is is still hurt, or he's been hurt. I think I think that's correct. So that yeah. that take you know, if like Morgan Riley were knock on wood, if Morgan Riley were to get injured, the Leafs would be in a similar situation where they probably wouldn't be able to handle that. Yeah, he's he's been out since. Can you say number one D Cody Ceasing? Good lord. Yeah, he's been on I can't. Well, he came back recently. He missed time. 
Uh, he the sorry the last game he's played was on October 29th, which was the last game to fly. Six minutes of ice time. Yeah, that's when he got injured in. Um, yeah, so I think that's the big thing is that the Leafs also had some injury issues that they, you know, Dermot, Hyman, and Tavares. It's not, you know, that's almost like, imagine if the Bruins were to not have, I mean, we've seen the Bruins without Pasternak, but you add Pasternak, let's say Pasternak, McAvoy, and another forward, like a DeBrusque. That changes your team a little bit. Like, the Bruins haven't had to deal with any injuries right now. Um, they've looked really good, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, the Bruins are, you know, that top line has looked really good. Defensively, and their goaltending. Yeah, that, that's, cool. that's like the other thing with the Bruins. It's like, okay, they've had like 600 points from their first line. What about the rest of the team? Like, that- I... That's the thing that I, I just don't understand, how you don't put every single good defensive player you have on one of them. It's like they only play at most 23, 24 minutes. Some, you know, most teams do that now. They only play that much a night. They're not playing the full 60. How are you not limiting what the other the rest of the guys do so that you're just okay our focus is on that line let's see if the rest of that team can beat us and really they have like we, we've seen that they haven't had to rely on that I think like if you look at it Pasternak has how many goals right now like 15 uh, how many did he have he had he was like on a he had 20 he has 27 points right now which is that's, ridi- that's ridiculous uh, yeah, he has 15 goals in 15 games. Like, he's averaging a goal a game. This is like when Matthews last year, I think he started off with, like, scoring nine in his first ten games. I think that's what the Bruins are getting right now. They're getting such hot play from their top line that it doesn't matter what the rest of the team does. But I think eventually that will come back to get them. Yeah. So. Let, let's talk about the big uh, the big thing. So, uh, Hyman's going to be returning soon. Uh, I'm going to assume if it's not this weekend against the Flyers, it's next week. And they have some serious cap uh, decisions they have to make there. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Sand's been playing top five, top six minutes. Yeah, they think he's just going to get sh- he's just getting showcased. I mean, and I mean, he had a fantastic two-game little weekend for the Marlies. I mean, he's, he was yeah, he, great. He's he, they're using they're, they're just trying to see okay, can will the team take this contract off our books? Um, yeah. but mm, unlikely. It's unlikely, <laughs> and it's not going to save you everything you want to save. Okay, so right now the Leafs. I think how much would they have to clear? Like the the full two million. Two like, and change. So two 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 yeah two two five sounds correct. Okay, so Patan's deal. Where is he? He's making seven seven five. Not gonna cut it. So what else do you do? Okay, Jason Spezza. That's another name. That gets you to one point seven. Or sorry, one point four. My math is bad. 
That still doesn't get you there. Okay. How about we get rid of a defenseman? So Babcock has already said we're most likely going with seven, 6D. So that means Martin Marinchen. So 1.4. That I think that almost gets you there. If I'm not wrong. Sure. And I'm thinking to myself... <laughs> And then somebody brought this up on the radio today, Mike Zygmanis, and how how are the Leafs not trying to shop William Nylander? And this, this is becoming a tired uh, narrative. Very, exactly. It's, it's just a, getting annoying. It's getting really annoying because he's the one guy that hasn't given the Leafs a total pain-in-the-ass contract to deal with. When you consider, mm, well... Depends on who you ask, Dave. Well, I'm just saying. So, 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 like, this is my this is my opinion on it. Like, I, I haven't been satisfied with his performance since he signed either. the contract. Neither but I. like, he's not been the worst player ever, as he's been described. Yes. I've I have I have not seen one player probably since Alex Semen, who's had his his like entire game just nitpicked. Like people people realize the second he was drafted. He's always had like a laissez-faire attitude and style. Basically, it looks like he's not trying, and that that was like the whole that was the whole thing he had. Even when he was drafted back in 2013, it's like he plays so like so smooth that it looks like he's not even trying when he actually is. You mean 2014? I mean, I mean, and people yeah. are just like nitpicking with defensive responsibilities. It's like, listen. You're not gonna turn a fucking leopard into a tiger. Like it's not gonna happen. Like this is the thing that pisses me off beyond end. They just want these players that are so clearly like defined in one role to just be something completely different. It's like me saying, "God damn it! Why? Why doesn't Ryan Reeves score forty? Why doesn't he score forty? This is bullshit. He's a piece of shit. Trade him. Doesn't score forty. It's like okay, that's not what he does." It's like it's like remember when the Leafs had um, uh, David Steckel, the guy that was just fucking unreal, at, <laughs> unreal at taking faceoffs. Oh yeah, yep. He was literally acquired for one fucking reason. It was to take faceoffs. Like you can't complain. Oh damn, I wish he had a better shot. It's like don't put him on the fucking penalty or power play. That's not his role. Like Nylander's never gonna be on a power play. Never. You know, you know who's ne- or never be on a power play, never going to be on a penalty kill, never going to be a guy who is winning the leading the league in like takeaways and back checking and is not going to win a selkie. Like, just give it up. Like, you, you just there's just people that have biases that will never, never change ever. Yep. And right. I don't understand how you are a fan of a team, but you are so actively rooting against one player. For something that I don't even understand, why? Because he he held out and it worked. Can I? Like what? Can I? Can I? It didn't even work. He he took. He wanted eight million. He got under seven. Can I? I, I mean, he got more than what he thought he yeah. would, but still, he got more than the Leafs wanted to pay him. He still got a million less than his evaluation when he went when he held out. Can I? Can I explain why people have such a problem with William Nylander? Especially analysts on the radio who have used to play. Nope. Not Canadian. Nope. That's not even it either. Oh, sorry. You're saying radio. I'm just saying the yes. those who shall not be named that no, start with the letter about, B. I know you're talking about Don Cherry. 
This is no, all just you look no. at guys that are on the radio right now. Hockey, former hockey players on the radio. They see William Nylander give a, as Jake say, a laissez-faire attitude and you know defensively, and they think to themselves, you know, I used to give a, a good effort defensively, and I never got paid what he got paid. That's that's exactly problem. it. They're like that is but the it's like but I worked so hard. It's like great, you sucked. You working hard doesn't always equal to wins. Does it help? Of course it does. Um, also being able to score goals like Nylander did against the Kings to I you know put that game away is also a valuable commodity. Great. You worked mm. hard. Were you a top ten pick and spotted sixty points in your first two seasons in the show? No. Shut up. Yeah, we 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 tend to forget that. I think, um, you know, I, I can't remember who who mentioned it. Uh, somebody on the TSN panel brought this up, and I, I I like this assessment. He's like, you know what? Like, I don't really care about the, the defensive woes if he lets in a uh, if he has a bad play defensively, but he has to make it up with it was Jeff. Four. Yes. Oh, dog. He needs to make it up by playing well in the offensive end because that's what he's paid to do. That is what he, that is. A, he, Jeff always brings up the Patrick Kane thing. It's like, it's like I know three times out of ten you're gonna screw me, but I need seven out of ten for you to wow me and make a play. And I mean, he hasn't. I mean, he started off really well, but he's kind of slowed down. I think he had like two goals and four I assists mean, in his last eleven games. So. Points-wise, he's slowed down, but play-wise, he's still been one of the least best forwards on a nightly basis. Yeah, based on on the numbers and stuff like that. He possesses the puck really well. He cycles well. Sure, he doesn't play well defensively. He gets knocked off the puck, and he can't hit the goddamn net to save his life. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's been a problem. Yeah, Um, those are are your issues. But he's he's a master with the possession numbers, and that's what you want, to have the puck on your team stick more than the other team. This is also the thing. I, I You don't think if Kyle Dubas put out a memo to 30 NHL teams, you know what, guys, I think we're going to trade William Nylander. How many teams do you think are calling the least about William Nylander? Probably Man. a lot. The thing The thing is, like, I wouldn't mind if he got if he got traded. Like, I yeah. wouldn't cry no. if he got traded. But if they tr- if they did what some of these dumbasses are doing and they're just trading him for some fucking, like, scrub fourth liner or a third pairing D I'd be of course I'd be pissed off yeah I wouldn't I would be okay with any player on the Leafs getting traded as long as they're getting something like above their value or equal to their value back in trade like I I just don't understand like there's just people I'm convinced there there's like Leafs fans when he scored that third goal they're like damn it well and then they just had another complaint. They're like, "Oh well, where was that earlier?" It's like, like what? What do you want? What do you want to do? Like you're you're yeah. keeping score. Yeah, that's and what they're doing. Like it's just not. That's not how it works. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I have another article idea that I'm gonna put out really soon. <laughs> you're gonna put out the defending Nylander article, no, so I don't have to do it. I'm gonna put out a why Cody CC should be the oh. guy that it should be questioned. More than William Nealand and should be on. Man, oh, okay. Yeah, you want like more. real complaints? Complain about why the fuck we play Martin Rinson ever. Yes, one. 
like he was fucking horrible. Can you not tell? Look, Kevin Gravel. Okay, he wasn't that. Great. I don't like. Hasn't he been on the Leafs for like five years? He's been on. He's been there for a while. We traded for him on the Marner draft. It wasn't oh that long. On the second day of the Marner draft. My my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute. Me... He has somebody's nudes or something. He's been here since the 2015-16 season, yeah. So, you guys that's remember that's he that's closed that's out the Horacek season on the first pair alongside Mo? Oh, my. And, every, that, and that, everyone was like, he's got was, a long stick, he's fantastic. That was the Whoa, most recording. epic tank I've ever seen in my entire life. They were so... Absolute chef's kiss to that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have put him, if the Leafs won the lottery and got McDavid, I would have said put Marinson and fucking Horacek on Legends Row. Oh my god. <laughs> the best move they ever made was giving Horacek the player of the game jacket after his first win. Just like, way to go, pal. People go forget to... like how bad they were. They were Pete they were was like their best goal scorer that year. That's that was how bad. Like, they were like four and like twenty seven. Oh, so bad. I told you uh we went to the thirty one thoughts thing, Dave. Yeah. I told you about the trade that Friedge said was on the table, right? <laughs> For Nylander? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? So the trade that Fried said was like, Being talked past. about was Nylander and Zaitsev to the Blues for Petrangelo, but there would be other pieces around it. Yeah, there would have to be. I, like, the Blues would not do that. I mean, no. now, in fairness, the Blues got some insurance in Justin Falk if they decide that Petrangelo can't, they can't sign him. Um, but yeah. So, by the way, as we are talking, there has been a trade in the NHL. I saw oh. Robbie Fabry. Robbie Fabry to the Red Wings, Red Wings. for wow. Jacob Delarose. That's a trade. So, I've been a big Robbie Fabry fan, minus the fact that he yep. has not been able to play. He's <laughs> he been, cannot stay healthy. He cannot stay healthy, but he is so skilled. He's like one of those guys that you you feel for. Um, I understand why the Blues are looking for some forward depth and guys that can you know fulfill a role. But man, uh, Robbie Fabry is a good player. So that is a not great trade for the Blues because it could come back to bite them. It's one of those. Della Rose is a bottom that, six guy. That's probably the only trade I remember during that whole uh, contract impasse when they were having some. Horrendous, like potential trades. I oh think. Oh my god! I remember Kiprios had one for like David Savard or something. It was awful. Oh, from the Blue but, Jackets. Yeah. Yeah, but like one that I f- fully remember was for um, what's the big right-handed shot on the on the Blues? Oh, Pareko. Pareko. I would have done that. I would have for Nylander. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but yeah, I mean. Some of these fucking trades that I've seen are so dumb. Like I'm not trade. I would not trade William Nylander for anything. Um, anything like I would want a, a, a absolutely having a second pairing right hand defense would be great. Um, you know how nice it is to have Kyle Dubas as the GM of this team because he'd be gone already if Nonis or insert GM here who came before Dubas Lou probably even. Lou would have um, traded him before he signed him yeah, for the contract, I think for sure. Lou, I think Lou would have considered it. Um, I think I think if he held out till December and Lou was still here, Lou would have just straight up traded him. Yeah, I think he would have no, traded him, him or just let him sit. He would have let him sit. Yeah. 
Either or. There was no way about it. We wasn't that, signing him to that contract. I mean, look at, uh, look at what's his name right now in uh, in the Islander. Oh, Josh Jose. Lutz, he said, really who I want to trade. <laughs> what did Lou say? Okay, go home and we'll think. We'll we'll try to get it done. The guy's just been sitting at home doing nothing. That's what. Like, Unbelievable. So, I, I actually am pretty excited to see how they um how they handle the the that Barzell contract. I have no idea how that's going to work. I'm I'm interested because it's either going to go one or two ways. One is the team and the player are going to come. Like it's going to be like he'll get paid his money, or People are going to be like, see, look at what Lou did with this contract. It's going to be like that regardless. If it's under a certain number, it's going to be like, everyone's just going to be like, why didn't we keep Lou? He's going to go for 10, though. I I think Barzal will go for 10. Oh, he's worth it. Yeah, he's he's fucking very good. Man. So, um, yeah, like, I'm not saying that Nylander should be untouchable, as some other people are putting it out. No, I don't think know. he's a guy that you should just throw out there and be like, you know, I think we would be okay getting rid of Nylander. It's also like, okay, you get rid of Nylander. Now you got to find a guy. And this is the other thing. The other idea that, oh, Matthew, you know, they could put anybody, like just put Captain with Matthews. Well, no. What was the point? You want a guy that can try to play to Matthews' level. Tell Matthews fucking you, hates playing with Kapanen. You saw yeah. what happened last year when he played with Kapanen and Yachtson, and defense is just focused on Matthews because Kapanen's going to – I mean, <laughs> Kapanen sort of does the same thing every time. He just curls back when he gets in the zone, and that's that's that. He's not really a guy that's going to – he's he's not Nylander. No. He's fast. He is extremely fast, but he is not – That's about it. Yeah. He is not a guy that's going to. What do they say? Like a million million dollar million dollar feet, ten cent hands. Yeah, that's, he's that's just. Capital. He looks like he's fighting the puck sometimes, and that's, I try not to say that in a discouraging way. But like, he like he might be one of the fastest skaters in the entire league. He reminds me of kind of like a Michael Grabner. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he, he got as many breakaways as Grabner, but <laughs> I mean, like, you can tell somebody doesn't have the hands just by watching them on the shootout, just watching how comfortable they are. Because, like, oh my God, there's some guys like in tight just don't have it, and it's there's a ton of guys like that. So, but gee, he is he is one of them. Like I, whenever. I see him on a breakaway. I'm just like, all right, fuck. This is probably not going to go in. We want to talk about the, that Flyers game because I know we bring up the shootout. I mean, that's the game where everything sort of popped off again about Nylander because he got benched for a defensive mistake. Well, he got be- well, he got benched for like one or two shifts. Like it wasn't like he got benched for a whole period. I think Babcock okay. realized, okay. So we want to talk I don't about think that he got benched. I just think he they moved him. Like down a down a uh, line or whatever it is. I don't know. It's just like that whole thing is just really. <sighs> How many guys have made mistakes on your forward core this season alone? And oh, gotten Matthews off. has, Marner has, like Kapanen javelin to stick at a Habs player, which cost them a tying goal, which in a game they ended up losing. Mitch that Marner handed stupid. another team two goals in a single game. And Matthews, nothing happened. Matthews with the Dubois. Like, we've 
Nylander is not the only one guilty of it, and I think that's that's what may, annoys me is that we're they're making him the scapegoat. First, it was you know yep. it was Jake Gardner for the longest time. Now it's going to be William Nylander. Jake Gardner leaving was the worst thing that could happen to William Nylander's career in Toronto. Yeah. So, and this is the other thing I want to bring up. We're ta- we're obsessing about William Nylander, how much he's getting paid and not producing. Can we also talk about Cody CC getting paid four and a half million dollars? To look like an absolute a fucking pylon, literally be a human anchor that's tied to Morgan Riley's ankles. Like, don't get me wrong, I'd rather n- ha- not have the Zaitsev contract, but mm-hmm. Cody he really, that. he really tests my patience. Yes, he does. There, he I just, too. I don't get it. Why is the simple solution not trying to find this? Like, just take, uh, find a team. That will take this contract. Oh, there, there isn't a single team in this league where you're getting an even half decent return back. For I do guy. not care about the return at this point because he. Well, I mean, they do need a right-handed defenseman. They are basically just plugging a body into the lineup until Sandine slash Lilligren or both. Man, they really need Lilligren to be uh, ready. That's why he's on a one-year contract. He look good. I haven't had an issue with him with the Marlies. He needed another year. That's what we were saying all offseason. They, I mean, that's what they need. They desperately need their Marlies. As I said, their Marlies defense needs to eventually. Like We talk about how good the Marlies are. I've heard all the time, well, the Marlies are so good. They have so many good players. When are we gonna start <laughs> When are we going to start seeing them on the back end? The problem is, you look at their back end. you got to draft them. That's the thing. You have to draft them. Like, I, other than Dermot, we haven't graduated any defensemen that were homegrown from the Marlies since Riley and Gardner, unless I'm forgetting someone. So something I do also want to bring up: what could potentially make me entertain the idea of trading Nylander, not right now, but eventually, is the fact that you have a guy like Nick Robertson, who, if he develops the right, way, not a defenseman, who no. develops the right way, right angle. You have Austin Matthews with Nick Robertson. That's gonna be a that would be a pretty good duo, in my opinion. Oh my god! And the assist machine, SCA. Um, yeah, that's the guy can't score like, a goal to save his life. Doesn't he, he have has like, like twenty goals in the OHL already? Robertson does, and SCA has like twenty-two assists or something like that. Oh, also, I had this question. So the Leafs, if they do somehow make the playoffs or miss the playoffs. Is their pick protected? I think yes, it is, right? It is. It's top 10 protected, I think. What? Uh, no, I thought it was lottery protected. Yes, yeah, lottery protected. Could be wrong. Okay, well, there you go. Okay, thank God. All right. So just in case it all goes to shit, Lafreniere season. No, I'm, I'm... <laughs> no. Trade everyone. We're rebuilding the rebuild. He's going to the, yeah. de- he's going to the Devils or the... Or Marner the Matthews, Senators. pack your shit. So We're starting it over. Robertson has 19 goals in 17 games in the OHL right now. Which is pretty good. So, Oh, I remember on draft day, I tweeted out something like, Nick Robertson should have gone in the first round, and somebody tweeted me back like, oh, well, why did so many people pass on him? Like, you could say so many people were supposed to be first-round prospects, and I'm like, you have you watched film of this kid? First of all, he was, again, the youngest player in the draft. The Leafs took SDA the year before who was like three days under the cap to make this draft. Nick Robertson was the exact same. And he potted like 25 goals, 30 goals 
as a as a barely seventeen year old. Just cartoon numbers he had for a guy that was barely seventeen. Yeah, just ma- it just makes you wish um, they had first round picks and more picks, but yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm you know at first I was glad they got rid of the Marlowe contract, but then I think about it. Um, yeah, that first they had to. Pick, they had no. Yeah, chance. it was a necessary evil. It, it just it really does annoy me that we you know everyone talks about Lou. The fact that that contract was just so flawed when it was signed in the first place. It, it the most in such fear, infuriating thing is that everyone in the organization has agreed and said that they knew the contract wasn't going to make it to a third year. So, I know you needed to sign a guy to come over, but you knew this whole situation was going to come down to you having to trade assets for somebody to take on Marlowe before you signed the deal. I just, it, part of me, it, that bothers me. But, yeah. so, whatever. It is what it is. Now, one idea I want to throw out there, just to kind of end the podcast. I talked about getting rid of season. You guys said, well, what team would take him? What if the Leafs were to try to sweeten the deal with a guy like Kapanen? Would that What's the point? To try to get, not only get rid of the contract, but maybe try to actually get something in return? Uh, I mean, you'd have to you'd have to get like a legitimate player who has some yeah. term on it too. That's the thing. I, I this is this is also one thing. Um, I think TSN put up their trade bait board. I'm gonna bring it up right now. Um, you're gonna you're gonna laugh when I because I laughed when I first saw it too. Marinch in top three. That was. <laughs> I think he's number two. Christ. Oh my god. Just don't even make the Talk list. Talk about, yeah, ex- just delete the document at that point. If Martin Marincin's even top 10, you don't have an article. So this was this was posted on October 31st, Frank Cervelli's uh, trade bait board. So number so was one... It, it was a trick, not a treat. Yeah, so number one was uh, Chris Kreider. That's a very good player. Very good player. Uh, cap hit is it's decent, 4.63, so... You can make it work. You can make it work. Um, Martin Merchant, number two. How the hell is Martin Merchant even a top? Like a Who's top, three? Pugliarvi. What? So fucking. If that is ranked, that's so disrespectful. I think the part of what makes it ranked is likelihood of them getting traded. And oh, I mean, Pugliarvi's not number one on that list. Like. I like how Edmonton's still holding out hope that this guy that's straight up said, I'm not playing for you anymore. I don't think it's, like, I think they've, hey. they've accepted that fact. I think it's, they're not trading him. On his terms. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And they'll make him sit well, out the rest of the year. I think they will do that. No, way to stick it to him. You're going to give him up for peanuts over a pissing contest. Congratulations. So You took him fourth overall. Way to go. So I'm going to bring up another name. Austin has brought this up before in the past. Julius Honka. <laughs> My guy. You got uh, apparently Travis Habenick would be on that as well. He's a guy. He's a right-handed shot defenseman that probably would be better than CC at this point. I mean, yeah, but he's yeah, everyone would be not good in the offensive zone. Habenick. Well, I don't care if he's good in the offensive zone. That's not my worry at this point. I just need someone that knows how to defend. Uh, like, if you want an offensive upgrade, you could go for TJ Brody, but that's. I don't like 
I don't see that point. Calgary's not going to be moving guys at this point. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I just... This is a tough, tough time right now. I mean, I I think the Leafs' issues would be solved if they got rid of CeCe and just brought someone else up from the Marlies. I, I just can't see how... Even Justin Hall has looked better than Cody CeCe. Yeah, he is, but he has actually looked surprisingly good. To be honest, if they could get him to be above average, I think that'd be a hell of a find. Yeah, he doesn't even need to be a – he needs to be a 60. Yeah, and he's done that. And I, if you're a good 6D and a right-handed shot, then you're laughing. And he's one of the few defensemen who will actually hit guys. Unfortunately, he gets penalized too much for it. Yeah, he's a big because body. He's like 6'3". I feel like sometimes – Well, most people don't notice about him. I feel like when, when he – like. A Leafs guy makes a hit. The refs get so surprised that their arm goes up. And like, oh, we got to make a call now, guys. Yeah, it's just so. I think I think that's that's where a good point then on the podcast. I think the Leafs. It's going to be interesting to see what they do when Hyman is ready. I think the good thing is that they don't need to rush him back because this is a torn ACL. I'm like, it's not like a a broken finger when it's healed. The heal. like a torn ACL that that stuff lingers. So, I say the Leafs, as much as Hyman's, Hyman would help, they also can't risk having this guy re-injure himself. Just like the, the, the Dermot. If Dermot was ready, good to go, he's good to go. Don't rush it. So, that's where I'm at with that. Any closing thoughts for you, gentlemen? Uh, no, not really. Austin, I'll give you the floor. Any last thoughts? Stop getting on William Nylander. I will die on this hill. So don't expect me to change my mind on it. You had a good tweet last night with that Steve. That Stephen A. video is one of my favorites. It's an underappreciated Stephen A. moment, I think. I mean, the man just is straight up carrying. He's a walking a meme. Oh my god, that, he's, he's uh, carrying ESPN. ESPN you know the, is garbage without the him. Beyonce meme. Have you ever seen that one? He's doing the ring on it. Yes. I was sitting maybe ten feet to his right when he fucking did that, and the entire place died. It was just an empty room, and Stephen A. Smith broke out the fucking... I don't even remember the goddamn name of the song. Just... The guy's a walking meme, and he's incredible. Also surprisingly tall. Oh, he, yeah, he used to play basketball in college. Yeah, he's like 6'4", he's 6'3", like six, six, somewhere around. Yeah. He's a big boy. You'd think just like... Just the way he looks on TV, you'd think he's like 5'11", 5'10", maybe. No, he's a big dude. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's. Uh, they always talk about um, how he, like, how much he gets paid. He gets paid like ten million dollars by ESPN, and that's probably the only com- non-complaint ever anybody has about ESPN. They're like, oh, uh, he definitely deserves that. Like, there's bums they could easily cut off the payroll, but he is not one of them. Just real quick, on one day, I was working at the finals, and Stephen A. did. First take at Scotiabank, he did Stephen A. Smith's show for two hours directly after that, where he just yells on the radio for two hours. Um, then he did an appearance on, oh, what the hell's the show with Rachel Nichols? I forget the name the of it. Jump. The Jump. He did an appearance on that, and then immediately after he was done that appearance, they took him over to Nathan Phillips Square for to appear on Sports uh, Sports Center that night. So he did like H- hardest working man hours. in showbiz. Yeah, he's it's no joke. That guy does eight to ten hours of TV a day. 
I, I'm trying to think. They like they called him uh, July 1st. Uh, they called him when he was on vacation. I remember they called him in when he was in his pajamas. I mean, the guy's basically like they have the Stephen A signal, sort of like the bad signal. And ridiculous. anytime they sound it off, he just has to be there. Yeah. Well, otherwise you're just working with Ryan Hollins and it's a massive gong oh show. My God. Yeah. He is very entertaining, I will say. Anyway, back to my main thought. Don't uh, don't get on William Nylander. My words will not change anything anyone does. So not you're going to continue to continue to bash that narrative. You know who you are. People who love talking smack about William Nylander. I will enjoy him. And it's the same thing as usual. If you go against a player on this team, in my eyes, you are not a fan of this team. No. Do not celebrate with the rest of this fan base when we are up. No. Yeah, it's it's annoying. You can fuck off for all I care. <laughs> I, it's the, I don't I don't strong. like swearing a lot on here, but those people just they don't have a place in this fan base. Okay, I'm I'm no. currently I'm currently listening to the Spin and Chicklets episode with Kirby Doc and talk about swearing. Holy <laughs> Yeah, he's Yeah, I listened and I was like, Oh, okay, okay. I'm surprised the Blackhawks PR guy, the Blackhawks PR guy is probably going. Oh, is that the Kirby Doc episode? I could, I couldn't believe he sounded like way older. Yeah, he does. He sounds way more mature than I'm. I'm about three quarters away through the interview, and he he sounds like a guy that fits what Chicago. Like, I think that's part of the reason why Chicago picked him third. When I think some people thought maybe a guy like that was a or, surprising pick in my opinion, but think, not a terrible one. But at the same time, I think you know it's one of those also like I think they realize that this guy will fit with that locker room with all those personalities because they have a lot of personalities in that locker room. Also, a lot of problems in that locker room too. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, that's a, that's a team where you you see what happens when you're when you're. You're adding and you're adding and you're diminishing your prospect capital as they have. So, I don't think the Leafs should do that. I think the Leafs, I mean, yeah, they gave up their first round pick this year. I think your first round pick the next few years are going to be, they should be gold going forward. And I think what will help is knowing that they can't really add much. So, they won't, they can't really use picks now. So, we shall see how that works out. We have the Golden Knights on Thursday. Uh, as we're recording this, the, we're almost at midnight on the Wednesday. Yeah. And then we've got the Philadelphia Flyers on the Tuesday. I'm oh, sorry, on the Saturday. My goodness. Again? Yep. At home oh, against God. the Flyers. Can we mix it up a little? And then we are on the... And then we got... Hey, guess what, guys? A back-to-back against the Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago. Well, I'll take that. They kind of suck, so. Yeah. And then, oh, good boys. Jake, get ready. On November 13th, on the Wednesday, we've got the Maple Leafs visiting Nassau the Coliseum d- to go against oh, the Oh, I'm sure the tickets will be $8 after I spent, like, fucking $700 to get three tickets last year. Oh, and then we, and then we get another back-to-back against the Bruins and Penguins. So those back-to-backs are coming back. I'm sorry, a back-to-back against the Bruins and Penguins? Yep. Could we not just get like the wild and the hurricanes on a back to back or some BS? Like, well, I mean, they got the Hawks on one, so yeah, but every single back to back's been like Boston and Columbus 
like two playoff teams, I'm just maybe catch a break, but we won't. So whatever. Schedule's not going to change. So just play through it. Apparently, we also got a back to back of the Sabres to end the month. So that helps. Yeah. Oh, hopefully we can. Um, actually, I wouldn't mind playing in the playoffs. To be honest, I just think they're going to fold like a cheap tent again. Yeah. Buffalo. So yeah. <laughs> It's just the same story every year. Like they get surprisingly good goaltending. Special teams is unbelievable. They have like high shooting percentage and all that shit. Then it all fucking hits the shit, and they're screwed. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, what ended their season was when Matthews just went bar down on them in overtime. Oh, that. They, they were terrible from then on. Yeah, I remember that. That was a no. That was uh. That was kind of right off. Like, this was pegged as like a big QEW showdown because the, the Sabres went through that great month. And then Austin Matthews just went burnout. Just unreal goal. I remember that. Oh, that Two was unreal ridiculous. goals in that game, actually. I think he had one behind the net. And then he had the overtime yeah. one. He, that's the game where he uh, he jumped and grabbed it over Bully's head and then put it a, a wraparound in one motion. Yep. I remember mm-hmm. that. So... That goal was ridiculous, and it was the second nicest goal he scored on the night. Yeah, this is going to be a critical month, I think, uh, to see where they are, especially with the game against the Bruins and some other good and not-so-good teams. So we shall see. Uh, with that being said, I'd like to thank you all for listening, and uh, Jake is getting tired, and so am I. So we will end it there. Please subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter, and... Just make it relax a little bit. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.